just trying one more thing. Can you say something? Check, check, one, two, one. Hello and welcome back to What Are You Doing? I know it's been a while. I have a very interesting guest staying with me today. And we're going to just talk a bit about what he's up to. So welcome to the show, Turner Brown. Thank you. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> not much. Not, not much? Not much. Uh, why don't you give us a brief update on what you've been up to the last couple of years? Well, I finished university. What did you study? Nutrition. So food and old people. <laughs> why old people? A lot of the course content was about how to provide nourishment to old people. Mm. And I suppose they are a lot of times susceptible to malnutrition. And a lot of people who graduate from my program end up working in one way or another in senior homes. Neat. So it's something important to know. Cool. You went to Acadia University, that's how we met. Right. Um, but where are you from originally? Uh, born and raised in Hong Kong, but then moved to Vancouver when I was 13, mostly for skiing, <laughs> and then didn't like it, so I went to school out in Nova Scotia, didn't like it for two years, but then I started to like it, <laughs> so stayed for two more years, then I got tired of it, so I moved to the States with my grandparents, I thought, huh, I like old people. I studied them with nutrition. Yeah. I know how to cook and clean, and they need someone to take care of them, so sign me up. Perfect. So I did that for a while. It was fun. It was peaceful. Felt retired. What did your day-to-day -day life look like when you're in the States? I wake up, worry about the world, because America is filled with fear. Fair enough. Where is the gun going to be? <laughs> what? I would wake up pretty early, have a cup of coffee, read the news, do some cleaning, wait for my grandma to wake up, cook breakfast, do her meds, get her up in the morning with the help of a caregiver, and then start cleaning or do whatever project I have around the house, whether it be fixing the oven or cleaning the roof. How did you clean the roof? I just get on a ladder, go up there. <laughs> really? Scrub. <laughs> Do whatever projects I was working on, hang out with Grandma for a bit, and make sure she's comfortable and happy, and then start cooking at about four o'clock. Usually some elaborate meal because why not? You have a time. Yeah, I got time. So I'll cook for a few hours, have dinner, go for a long run, have a few beers, go to bed. <laughs> Sounds nice. Yeah. What's your favorite dish to cook? Oh man. Or what, what's one that you're very proud of? I make this very good lemon chicken. It's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Heat the oven up, put some chicken in a pan, put it in the oven. At the same time, fry up some onions with lemon juice, garlic, a little bit of flour. And when the chicken's cooked, you put the chicken in the lemon sauce on the stove top. That's about it. Yum. So, lemon is good. Lemon is good. Lemon, you can't go wrong with onions, lemon, or garlic. Oh, yeah. Rule of thumb, especially in Arabic cooking. And salt and butter. And, you're right, yeah. Those are good. Mm, and love. <laughs> That's the most important ingredient of all. Number two. Number two? Number two? What's number one, then? Butter. 
butter yeah. <laughs> lard. So you've recently gotten into some intense running. Oh yeah. Well, not intense, but you because you were a really good cross country runner. No, I was no? like end of the pack. I oh was, really? I thought you were good at it. No, I was. I was there for the party. Oh okay. Well, back then in high school, the distances are so short: three k, five k. So how'd you get into longer distances this time around? Um, I just felt really lazy, and I thought my gut was protruding quite a bit. <laughs> I liked it because having a gut is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty good at drinking, so it was a nice result. <laughs> and I was like, huh, I wonder how quickly I could just get rid of this. So I just started running 30K a week. And then after four weeks, I was having a beer one day and a cigar. And then it was at 11 at night and I thought, oh, I feel like running a marathon. So I finished my beer and then I just started running. And then I ran overnight and I did it in four hours. And that was fun. I can't believe it. And I felt very accomplished and at peace. So since that, since running that, I started doing 50K a week just because I want to see how far I can go. So it's uh, become like a challenge. Yeah, if you brutalize your legs, they just become stronger. So does your body feel okay? Oh, yeah. I could do a half marathon and just do another one the next day. It doesn't hurt. Wow. Very impressive. But you got to build up to it. You can't just... Yeah, do it right away. Yeah. So yeah, running's fun. It is, yeah. Do you have any plans for the future? Immediate or future future does not matter. Be a stay-at-home dad for sure. Yeah. Because who likes to work? Well, well, to be fair, since being a house guest, you've already like cleaned the kitchen countless times and made food and stuff, and that's work in my eyes, so you enjoy that. But if you get paid for something... True. You just lose the joy in it. Yeah. But plans, let me see. I haven't thought about it too much. Does that worry you? Oh, no. No. There are always people that you can visit or surround yourself by that... Are in worse situations than no, you. No. <laughs> like, if you know you can always go see people, mm-hmm. friends and family, that's what brings you joy. It doesn't matter what you do during most of your day as a job. I always know I'm going to go see people and chat with them in this manner. Mm-hmm. That brings me joy. So I don't really care what I do for work. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be a doctor for a long time. Didn't really work out. Then I realized it was crazy and they don't have like joyous lives. I'm sure it is filled with positive moments, but they just get worked to death. Yeah. And if I want to be a stay-at-home dad and enjoy the chill life, you can't be working 48 hours straight in the ER. Mm-mm. So, I'm going to try and set my sights toward nursing, but who knows? I'm kind of like you. Yeah, no. Start walking, all of a sudden you're going a different direction. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> fair knack. Fair knack. Um, I'm sure if you interviewed me in a year from now, it would be a totally different story. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I gained 50 pounds and I just love the couch. <laughs> and I'm a programmer. I'm a fridge. 
But that's very much what people go through in their 20s. Mm-hmm. For, for a lot of people, not everyone. They change the course of their careers and their lifestyles. It's all about figuring things out. Do you have any advice for people who are very much in that stage right now? Or you said, you've mentioned a couple times that the year after graduating university was a pretty tough year. Oh, yeah. Can you expand on that at all? Well, you go through university mm-hmm. with the mindset of, I have to get good grades. And you put in the work, you get good grades. Not for everyone, of course. And it's a very simple process. You just get good grades, great. You feel happy for getting good grades. Mm-hmm. And you always have that goal of graduation. You have a clear goal. And eventually you reach graduation and you graduated that's great you've reached a goal but oh heck what do I do after yeah you don't set your sights like I have to work all of a sudden (laughs) how do I do that all I know is how to study yeah and I applied I tried to get into med school after university didn't work out so I was all the more lost oh what do I do and to sum it up, after graduation, it was just terrible because you've left this structured system of university and you're thrown into the world with no idea what you really want to do. There are expectations that you figure it out right away, mm-hmm. but, and I hadn't, so that was... felt bad. Yeah. So my advice would be, not many people figure it out right away after university. So it doesn't matter if it takes you 10 years or 20. 20. (laughs) By the time you're 40, you might still be winging it. That's okay. Come over to my house and I'll be doing the same. (laughs) If I have a house. You will. Yeah, 10. No. (laughs) No. What is, you've traveled a lot, what is one of the coolest places you've been to or the neatest experience you've gotten from a place on your travels? Hmm. Oh, that's, that's tough. Where were you most recently? I was back in Hong Kong, working there for a bit as a teacher. I guess I'll tell if I had the most interesting place or peculiar thing I've seen is China. China as a whole is just, it's madness. There's people just everywhere, super filthy, and it's just a whole world of strange. People are doing odd things. There's no concept of privacy. Really? (laughs) You see kids just pooping on the street. What? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, and it's it's amusing. It's... And the irony and hypocrisy of the Chinese Communist Party versus what life is really like in China mm-hmm. is hysterical. Because the Communist Party preaches, of course, communism. Yeah. Share equality for everyone. And the end of you know, private corporations and private means. But China is very much capitalist. Mm-hmm. People are selling things and they have their own corporations. And they love buying material things, handbags and designer shoes. So the way the people live are very capitalist, but China's a communist country. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> yeah. So walking around. You're like, this does not you're fit. You're like, this is not communism. But <laughs> this is not what I think communism is. 
I've been to China a hundred times and every time it's just totally different experience and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just go online and you search China funny signs or interesting things in China and... There's always something. Yeah, there's always... Yeah. <laughs> what is the, where's the most peaceful place you've ever been? Probably on the 36th floor of the apartment I stayed at in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong is a very busy place. People know that. But when you're that high up, it's just quiet. In November, I was on this island in Thailand, in this little village where not many people lived. And I wandered into this random beach that was huge. And me and my friend were there right as the sun was setting. So we walked out into the water quite a distance. Mm-hmm. And it was just us and a lightning storm in the horizon and one fisherman just tossing his net in the water. And it was just very quiet. Wow. So that would be an equally peaceful moment. Do you enjoy traveling? Are you are you kind of like a homebody? I'd rather be out and about. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that most of your life was spent in Hong Kong. But you're more of a product of BC. Oh, no. Well, maybe. I said chill a lot, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Hippie at heart. Uh, one thing that I find really admirable about you is the fact that you don't have a cell phone plan. So you have an iPhone. Yeah. But you have you use like iMessage and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. But you don't have a cell phone number. Right. And I think in this day and age, that's really impressive. And I was wondering if you could talk on or speak to not some of the challenges, but some of the ways you have to ensure you're still communicating with people. Because I find you very, well, I'll, I'll give a little antidote. I'll do. <laughs> well, one time I was out with a friend and they were like, if you had to call one person, if you had to call one person and you know they'd pick up because your life depended on it, yeah. who would it be? And I was like kind of scanning my brains <laughs> and I was thinking about all the people I was close to. Yeah. And I was just like, turn around. Don't know where in the world he is. I know he doesn't have a cell phone, but I know if I call him or FaceTime him, he's going to pick up. And sure enough, he did. Oh, and it was like 1, a- 1 a.m. And yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. And you picked up and I was like... I was just wanting to make sure you you picked up the phone so I could win a bet. <laughs> you're like, okay, have a good time, Michaela. Bye. Well, oh, I'm sure I said more pleasantries. You did, you did. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, you are one of the most dependable people, even though you don't have a cell phone. Well, thank you. Because you, you're also very good at communicating with people. You're available to text, like iMessage and stuff, but I yeah. find you do a lot of calls. Right. Like, you would prefer to call someone and stuff, which I think is also kind of lost. On on FaceTime audio. Yeah. Or just normal FaceTime. Yeah, but I think that's kind of lost in contemporary society, like, all the those, like, talking conversations versus texting. Yeah. I just really hate cell phone companies. Why is that? Because when you go to a place like Hong Kong, you can get unlimited phone calls, texting, data for... a month. Wow. And then you come here and 
How much would it be? Like I don't even want to tell you what I'm paying. Yeah. I don't right? want to tell you. It's yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. So we know that in Canada they have the means to provide a lower affordable service, but no, it's a, a near monopoly. Mm-hmm. And I've just heard horror stories about people dealing with cell phone companies, and I just want to avoid that, even if it means I'm not able to call someone if I really need to call them because I'm meeting up with them. Like, I don't mind. I think if I did have a cell phone plan, I would only really need to make a phone call to someone or need to send a message to them maybe like once a week. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just not important enough. Instead, I've learned to plan things adequately beforehand. Yeah. And always having a means to communicate with them. What I mean by having a backup is I always know where to get Wi-Fi in case I need to contact someone. So if you're meeting someone at a park somewhere far away, you know that you, like, look ahead of time that, oh, there's a Starbucks two blocks away, I can go there. That's pretty good. Do you get lost often? Because I find that never. I don't know. I guess if you plan adequately. Well, I'm just used to going to a city and then figuring it out. Or you can download a Google Maps of a specific location that you want. So like a whole city. Mm -hmm. And that enables you to zoom in on all the street names. To zoom in on store names. Mm -hmm. And having a map at your disposal without internet is pretty useful. Yeah, I'd say. But no, I just hate cell phone companies. Yeah. Ugh, Rogers, Bell. Virgin. Yeah. Yep, no, I need to change my cell phone plan. Just get rid of it. That's what, my thing is I keep breaking my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we conclude, I guess we're kind of in the same boat where we're both kind of not sure of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But if you were to give advice to someone who feels like that, so if you're to give me advice or someone who doesn't know what they're doing advice, yeah. what would it be? Well, it's very hard for me to tell other people what to do because I'm really lucky and privileged to be able to just go home Mm-hmm. and live at home for a few months if I need to and just collect myself and mm-hmm. have support from my parents. Whereas some people, like, they need to have a job at all times so they yeah. can pay rent or else they're out on the streets. Mm-hmm. And they have, for example, anxiety and other things that affect... Their capabilities to do stuff. Right. Yeah. So I have a very good support system and a lot of backups. So I'm not the greatest person to dispense advice because Mm -hmm. I come from a really comfortable situation right now. Mm -hmm. But if I were to tell anyone anything, it would be contact your friends and let them know that you do gain genuine joy from interacting with them, Mm -hmm. even though sometimes I don't message you back right away or sometimes I just don't message you all together. But I really appreciate you being there in your presence. Yeah, you're very appreciative. Because you never know when your friends might need to help you. And that's not to say that you use your friends Mm -hmm. for things that 
you need done in favors, but... Clean my room. <laughs> yeah, I always let people know that you appreciate where they are mm -hmm. in your life. Because we need those connections and we need those relationships. If you have no one that you can call to at 2 in the morning to vent about something, then that really infringes upon your mental health. Mm -hmm. So... To summarize, my advice would be, let your friends know you appreciate them. I like that. Very good advice. Anything else you'd like to, uh, to share, Turner? If you're living with other people, try to be a little quiet. <laughs> Is that pointed advice? <laughs> no. no. Oh, oh, at you? Uh, I mean, yeah, you could definitely work on it, but it doesn't bother me. Yeah. When people are loud, it just may improve people's sleep qualities. You never know what a new roommate is going to be like. Mm -hmm. So it's best to just always be on the quieter side and not clumsy, not affect their quality of sleep mm -hmm. or if they're trying to work. Like if you have stairs in your house, Try and figure out the quietest way to walk up the stairs, usually on the sides of the stairs. Or if there's one step that creaks a bit, avoid it. Good. I guess I'm just getting old. You you are getting old. Be quiet. Great advice. Great chat. Thank you, Turner, as always. And thank you so much for being such a wonderful house guest. Oh, you're welcome. You're, you've been awesome. I just know it'll become very messy an hour after I leave. Hey! No, no, it's just, that's the way it goes. It yeah. always does. Yeah. No, I'm trying. I'm trying. Everyone's trying. <laughs> oh, man. That's true. Alright, thank you for tuning in to What Are You Doing? Uh, not much. Not much. Yeah, we're not doing much, but we are happy and fairly healthy. I'm oh, yeah. blessed to be here. Mm -hmm. You will listen to my voice the next time you hear it. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you later. Ciao.